I'm grateful I have a safe place to live. And oh my gosh, some of the stories I've heard, they they do not have a white picket fence and or any semblance of closeness to that. Their 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 fine was definitely not fine. And still, can there be nuggets of gratitude in there? When you look for them, there's always a way to find gratitude in some sliver. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gratitude Spark podcast, a show about the stories behind real people in the real world and how they're using the practice of gratitude to spark incredible change. My name is Mike Good, and on today's episode, we're chatting with Lori Seitz, who is the CEO of Zen Rabbit and host of a podcast called Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Lori is an award-winning writer, speaker, and broadcaster, Oh, and one fantastic podcast guest. The experience of leaving a 22-year marriage inspired her transformational program called F Being Fine. Through it, she guides corporate teams and private clients who are finished living in a dumpster fire to a place of unprecedented clarity, peace, and productivity. Using a collaborative approach, she's teaching the world to be grounded and centered, which leads to improved relationships, increased sales, and better overall health. So with that, enjoy. I grew up in New Jersey, uh, family, brother, younger brother, I'm the oldest. So I am, we used to joke around, it's like Lucy and, and, um, Linus. Oh yeah. yeah. My my brother had the blanket and the thumb and (laughs) I would pull his legs out from when he was crawling up the stairs. I'd pull his legs out from behind him. Just like I was Lucy, just like like, any big sister should. Right. Exactly. Kind of like Lucy with the football, but yeah. So <laughs> yeah, my, um, my parents divorced when I was 11 and, but everything, I mean, I, I feel like I had like a pretty normal childhood. Like there was, I know a lot of people who have a, like crazy trauma and yeah, yeah. all kinds of stuff. And thankfully I don't have any of that. I, I grew up in a suburban neighborhood, went to good public schools. Cause that's one thing New Jersey does have is good public schools. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> How long um, were you in New, in New Jersey? I just until I was 18 and then until you were I 18. Okay. escaped to, to college and never <laughs> moved back. So yeah, I've, I stayed in the DC Metro area for a long time. And, um, after I got married, we moved, uh, out of the area for 15. Yeah. We were out for 15 years and then came mm-hmm. back. Okay. So Virginia is really where I feel like I am at home. That's just home to me. And maybe that's because my grandmother uh, grew up in Virginia, in Southern Virginia. So my roots are here, maybe. Did you spend some time down there when you were a child? No, she lived in New Jersey at that point. Interesting. But yeah, somehow it's it's called to me. It's home. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I too, you know, you mentioned you had a pretty, pretty normal childhood and, and, I I did as well. And, you know, you mentioned some, some people go through very different experiences and doesn't sound like that was necessarily your case. It wasn't the case for me either. Um, You know, when you look back at your childhood, so in in this podcast, obviously we talk a lot about gratitude and how that shows up in your life. Do you have any, any memories of things that you were particularly grateful for 
uh, when you were a child. When I think about it, I try to put myself back in that situation. And I'm wondering if at the time, I don't know if I really was necessarily grateful for it. I was probably thankful for the things that I had, but it wasn't until I got past that I was able to look back and really find a sense of gratitude for experiences and things that I had in my life. How does that fit into your life? I completely agree with, with what your, your experience was is with a lot like mine. I don't remember being, I was about to say, I don't remember being taught gratitude. What I was taught was that you always send a handwritten thank you mm. note. Yep. Yep. We, <laughs> we were required to write those after birthday or holiday. And um, so that good manners thing was instilled in me. So I guess that that was my first introduction to sharing gratitude mm-hmm. of writing that thank you note and, and sending it to somebody. And it wasn't until, you know, so I started my first business in 2003. Okay. And at my on for my entrepreneurial journey, I mean, I worked in marketing. I have a background in marketing and, and broadcasting, corporate communications. But I started my first business and I was making and marketing a product called the Gratitude Cookie, which was based on a family recipe, kind of a cross between a butter and a sugar cookie. And I was, because I'm a marketer, I was packaging it as a way for businesses to say thank you to their clients and to their referral it. sources. At the same time, though, did you you trademark the name? It's really cool. (laughs) Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. (laughs) Don't tell anyone. Uh, It's (laughs) yeah, it is. It is very cool. Um, Maybe they'll come back someday. But I ran that business for 11 years and eventually shut it and shut it down because I couldn't scale it the way I wanted to. Mm -hmm. But when I had first started it, I had a mentor and friend who I'm sure I was, he was listening to me talk, you know, complain about whatever the tragedy of the day was. And he said, he challenged me to read the book. Do you know the science of of getting rich? I have not read it, but I've heard of it. Okay. It's by Wallace D. Waddles. It's, it's in, um, what do they call it? Public domain now, because it was written in the 1920s or thirties and chapter seven is on gratitude. And so he challenged me to read that chapter twice a day for 30 days, once in the morning and once at night to really get that whole concept of gratitude instilled into me. Because here I am selling this product called the gratitude cookie, and I wasn't a very grateful person. So I did that and, um, and it worked, but (laughs) I'm, I'm curious when you did that, I mean, 30 days is a long time to read a chapter twice a day. Uh-huh. But I have to imagine that, I mean, it's a great way for things like that to really sink in and to become not only just something that you're familiarizing yourself with, but really to have that content uh, kind of become a, a habit in how you approach your life. Is that, did you find that yeah. to be the case? Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I, I like to tell the story when I'm speaking on stages, I tell that story and mm-hmm. then I end it with, and at the end of 30 days, can you believe it? An editor from Oprah magazine called and wanted to put the gratitude cookies in Oprah's favorite things. And everybody's like, oh, wow, that's great. I'm like, yeah, that didn't happen. So, in just- reality, nothing, nothing all that extraordinary happened. Like, it's not like, you know, bags of money were falling from the sky or there was sure. like a, you know, a, a visible change in who I was. Um, 
it, 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 but my outlook became much more one of gratitude, one of gratefulness. Mm -hmm. So um, actually a few months later, I was driving home from a friend's house at Thanksgiving. It's funny that it was Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Seems appropriate Uh, for the story. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And smoke started pouring out of the front of my car and managed to pull off the side of the road. We were on I-95 in um, South Florida, mm-hmm. pull off the side of the road. And there was a gas station open right there, got into the, there safely, was able to call um, the roadside assistance mm-hmm. and they sent somebody out to get us. That's where I really noticed because I immediately went to gratitude. So normally, what do you do when your car is breaking down? You're like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening to me. This right, right. sucks. And instead, I went immediately to gratitude. Like, thank goodness we were able to get off the highway. Thank goodness we're only five miles from home. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks goodness a truck, a tow truck's coming to get us at this hour, 11 o'clock at night on Thanksgiving evening. That's where I really noticed the difference. Mm. And that's that's now, ever since then, has been the way I look at things. Like, okay, yeah, this sucks, but where's the gra- where's the gratitude in this situation? Sure. sure. And that's what my friends now know me for. <laughs> they, they call me and they're like, this is what happened. I'm like, okay, where's the gratitude? Uh, so it's all almost, of this, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's always nice to be able to lean into somebody that has that perspective when you don't. It's mm-hmm. having that opportunity to get that kind of change of the lens through which you're viewing life is really important sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a long story into where I realized that, that I had actually learned a lot about gratitude growing up. And that was when I decided to shut down that business in 2011 or 2014, I had run it for 11 years. I decided to shut it down. And right at that same time, my mom was diagnosed with an acute form of leukemia mm. and she passed away six weeks later. But oh even at the very end of her life, when the hospice nurses were there, mm she still was, thank you for this. Thank you for that. Like, I'm going to get choked up talking about this, but she, she still was thanking everybody around her. And that's when I started thinking about like, huh, she was always the example, but I never noticed it. Yeah, yeah. She was always uh, ha- sharing gratitude with other people who had done anything. I think it's often the case that, especially when you're a child, you're growing up, so much is going on. You don't have the foundation, the perspective of really understanding what's happening around you. Yeah. And it, you know, like we mentioned before, it often takes you to get past that period of your life and then be able to look back. And it's not that you weren't necessarily grateful in the moment. It's that maybe the perspective wasn't there about what gratitude really is. And the story about your, your mother and seeing that it's obvious that, Gratitude was part of your life as you were as you were growing up, but maybe not a uh, like a tangible thing in a sense. Because I think yeah. that's a lot in uh, that played itself out in in my life as well. Yeah, and because I didn't, because I mean, I really did have a blessed childhood, and for the most part, my whole life has been blessed, and I'm completely aware of how lucky I am mm-hmm. in that respect. So when you are a child and that's just how things are, like you don't know anything else. I've heard people say when they come from families that didn't really have a lot of money, they didn't know they didn't have a lot of money. That's just what life was. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 
it becomes the norm. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's just how you move through life. But in that, that movement through life, there are always these things that come up that, again, maybe they don't, they don't register in the moment, but they're things that really have an impact on your life. Yeah. Yeah. And that thank you note writing thing, like that's something I've always done. In fact, before I started my own company, I was like immediately before I was working in radio professionally. Mm-hmm. And I remember a program director telling me that the part of the reason, a lot of the reason, okay, they had to have liked my style in the first place. But the reason I got that job over anyone else was because I sent him a thank you note after our first interview. There's such power in a thank you note. Yeah. On both sides, really. I mean, on the yeah. side of the receiver, it's 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 so refreshing to get that because a lot of, in in most cases, people don't do that as much as they used to. But also from the sender's perspective, there's really something powerful in, in sending a thank you to someone for something that, you know, you very much appreciate. Absolutely. Everybody feels good about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I talked to um, even today. So I don't have the gratitude cookies anymore. People keep asking if they're ever coming back and they, you still make them, you know, just at home. I, I do at, at the holidays. Good. Yeah. <laughs> They are a lot, they're a lot of work. They're labor intensive. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't have any of the equipment that we had to automate it when I was actually doing sure. it for business, but maybe someday they'll come back. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm not promising anything, but I can't never say never. Right. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. That, uh, well, one of the things when I had that business, I was also often out on stages talking about mm-hmm. using gratitude for business and how it differentiates your business and how a business can use the concept of gratitude to boost their sales, to improve oh, yeah. their client relations, all of these great things. It's amazing when you, and you had a firsthand view into it when you were doing these speaking engagements, I'm sure, but the impact that gratitude can have on just the underlying culture of a company is incredible. Yeah, I, I read a book, um, The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. And, you know, some of the statistics that they talk about in, in that book are amazing. Like, out of all the people that leave a job, 87% leave because they don't feel appreciated. And to me, that's one, it was such a powerful statistic. But two, it's it's amazing to me that it's something as simple as showing appreciation and showing gratitude can make such an impact on the well-being of employees. Absolutely. And it's so undervalued. And right, this is why, and this is why I've come back to, uh, you know, I took a little bit of a hiatus of talking mm-hmm. about gratitude and as far as my career in as part of something that I did as my business. And I'm back to it now because in part, because of that, because of how powerful this concept is. Mm-hmm. And now that, you know, the buzzword is like great resignation and people are talking about resilience and mindfulness and all this, but gratitude goes such a long way in all of that, right? What you said, people will leave a job because they don't feel appreciated. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of a story too. When I was in a senior in college, I was doing an unpaid internship because I was a marketing, a corporate, a communications major. We don't, engineers, people who are in engineering programs, they get paid for their internships. The, the liberal arts, Not marketing, communicate, communications right. people, no, we don't get paid. Okay, unpaid internship. 
But every single day that I was there, before I left, the principal of the agency would say, thanks so much for your contribution today. Like, even if it was just Mm. stuffing envelopes, which we did a lot of, um, (laughs) you know, it really was very helpful. I really appreciate your efforts today. And that still sticks with me here. I am telling you about it, you know, 35 or 40, uh, 35 years later. (laughs) Yeah. you know, in in when I think about gratitude, there's the big things, right? There's the house, the promotion, the car, all those big things that you can be grateful for. But really, it's your example is perfect because it's so often the really small things that really kind of sink in and make a lasting impact. I don't remember a car I had 30 years ago, but I do remember, you know, the whole cliche, you don't remember the things, but you remember how people made you feel. That kind of yeah. thing. So, I mean, and the gesture, it doesn't have to be a big one. It can be a, a very small gesture, but it can have a lot of impact. Absolutely. And when I talked about, uh, you know, using gratitude in business, it's simple as, again, coming back to that handwritten note mm-hmm. that has such a big impact. It doesn't have to be, you know, sending a client something that costs thousands of dollars. Right. Right. When you were speaking, with organizations, what were some of the things that you coached them on in terms of kind of building that culture of gratitude within, within the workplace? There's a couple of different uh, directions with this. One is within the organization, um, within, within teams. And I do this Mm -hmm. now is talking about the uh, sharing gratitude with each other as a team, like, talking to, you know, saying thank you to your colleagues for doing X or for, for um, helping me with this project or whatever it is. So within the organization, um, I have exercises that I do take my clients through in the sessions. Some of it is um, uh, exercises that we do right there. Mm-hmm. And then I have a really cool exercise. I don't want to give it away, but that I, I, that I have them do for, for homework um, between sessions. That is really, really impactful that has to do with um, writing letters mm-hmm. of gratitude for their colleagues. Um, but the, and the other direction is saying thank you to your clients. So I, you can find different statistics as far as whether it's five times or seven times or nine times more expensive to get a new client than it is to keep one that you already have. Mm-hmm. But clients will leave a company for the same reason that you were talking about employees leaving. Interesting. Clients will leave for the same reason, I didn't feel that they appreciated my business. Hmm. And so if you can put together a system where you are consistently, and I mean, it's not like every single time you've been on those phone calls where they're like, thanks, Mike. And and Mike, thanks so much for calling. And I really appreciate your business, Mike. Like, okay, stop. But you know, if you are consistently, like maybe you make a, a quarterly or, or buy twice a year, an effort to say thank you to your clients and, and to referral sources for the same thing. You want to reinforce positive behavior, just like you do with dogs and children. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. You're reinforcing positive behavior so that they will continue to do that. Just continue to send you referrals, um, continue to send you business. And I highly recommend getting away from everybody sends like, I really appreciate your business at the end of the year. Mm. Stop. Don't because 
everybody's doing it. Why would you want to do right. the same thing that everybody does? What if you sent them th- a thank you at Valentine's Day? Yeah. Or what do we have coming up? Like, um, I don't know. Memorial May is Day. Memorial, Memorial Day. Day. Okay, so perfect. May is actually National Barbecue Month. And, you know, there's months and days and weeks of crazy things all, all year. So mm-hmm. May is National Barbecue Month. What if you sent your clients a box with barbecue sauce and a, a grill mitt or something? Yep, yep. And, you know, appreciate having you as the client. Enjoy Ooh. Memorial Day. Who does that? Exactly. That's going to be memorable. Yeah, I think, you know, going back to your your comment about kind of the continual you know, people know that they should thank their clients or thank their employees, but if it's just, if it's a, on a continual basis and it's not genuine, it, there, there's no impact. I mean, right. it becomes noise to people. Yeah. So I, I really do appreciate your, your thoughts around um, doing it at different times of the year and not doing it on every conversation. So, so when it does happen, it's genuine, it's authentic. It's from, the, the sender's heart, I, that's where you get the impact, I'm guessing, in, in mm-hmm. a workplace setting. Yeah, for sure. And I have my own theories on gift cards, so don't get me started on that. But I think <laughs> <laughs> my, my preference is to actually send a gift. And by gift, I don't mean like, here's a, a mug with my company logo on it. <laughs> I mean, like, again, you're talking about being thoughtful and sending something thoughtful. Again, there's nothing wrong with, you know, maybe that barbecue mitt has your company logo on it, but put it together with, and it's something that is genuine, like, Hey, I thought about this for five seconds. Right. Yeah. I I hear you on the end of the year. Thank you. And appreciation cards that all companies send out. (laughs) Yeah. Happy holidays. Right. Right. And now people have started backing it up to Thanksgiving because they think, oh, well, I'm avoiding the holidays. I'll send at Thanksgiving. But now everybody's sending at Thanksgiving. So, yeah. Eh. In, in your, your speaking <clears throat> engagements, do you ever cycle back with, with the people that are in attendance just to see how, how they've started to integrate gratitude practices and um, things like that into their organization? That would be a fantastic idea. I'm sure it would be very difficult to do that. <laughs> it would only be difficult if I hadn't, if I, I mean, you have to collect their information. Sure. So, but as a good speaker, you should be collecting their information to get their feedback anyway. And so I like that idea. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I'm on a stage, I'm going to do that. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I just think it'd be, uh, it'd be interesting. The reason I think where that came from is, um, I'm a um, a user interface designer, design user experiences, and one of the things that we always want to do is cycle back to see if if what we're creating really meets the the needs of the end user. So it'd be interesting to see how these um, coaching opportunities and uh, exercises, practices that you're talking about, do or or maybe don't get integrated into their their corporate culture. Yeah. Yeah. I do have, I remember the story of one of my clients from the gratitude cookies was we strategically started sending gratitude cookies to his clients. He had a membership program, monthly membership program, and people would typically stay, I think it was like about 12 months in the program Mm -hmm. and then they would drop out. So at about 10 months, he would send them a box of gratitude cookies with a message like, Hey, really appreciate having you in my program. 
this is about the time they're starting to think maybe I don't need this program anymore. Right. But then they get a box of gratitude cookies and they're like, Oh, the law of reciprocity kicks in. And they're like, Oh, I can't leave now. He just sent me a box of cookies. Right. And he increased his, his um, lifetime value of a client by like 50% because they would stay wow. in for at least another six months. That's very cool. So yeah. that is a measurable. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, going back to that authentic sense of giving, I mean, you could send anything, right? But the fact that it is centered around gratitude, I think it, it makes it really powerful and really compelling. So it's not just, hey, here's a gift, you know, we hope you stay with us. I mean, there's something at the root and at the core of that gesture that, you know, again, is really powerful. Yeah, it, it could have been anything. I mean, I the other one of the other things that I sent that wasn't my company making it, but I was doing it was like bamboo arrangements are great. Mm. I love those as a potential money trees. I don't know if you're familiar with the money tree. It's actually a it's a type of plant. It's like a it could be a desktop size. Okay. Little um yeah, you could look it up after. I'll do that. <laughs> if you're listening, go take a look go to Google Money Tree. Um <laughs> or bamboo arrangements, because then you didn't have to worry about like, oh, does somebody have a gluten allergy or can they, you know, not eat this or drink this or whatever it was. Um, So there are so many gifts, like it doesn't have to be gratitude cookies. It could be anything. And you just send it with a note of genuine thanks. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's key is letting someone know that this, it's more than a gift. It's coming from, it's coming from, you know, it's coming from my heart. It's something Mm -hmm. that uh, has an underlying meaning to it. And, you know, if that meaning is based around gratitude, it's hard to think anything but, or have anything but good feelings when you do receive that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know that you also um, are doing a, doing a few other things, right? Is um, I just want to jump in. So your coaching business, is that um, the Zen, you have a company called Zen Rabbit. Is that what That's that right. Sits under. Okay. Yeah. And- yeah. So the company, the baking company with the cookies was called Zen Rabbit Baking Company. And then I tried to change the name when I came back to do something else. And that didn't every I did such a good job of branding <laughs> that people didn't remember my name, but they remembered Zen Rabbit. So now I joke around that it's Zen Rabbit 2.0. We might be on Zen Rabbit 3.0 at this point, but the company's always Zen Rabbit. And it's never been more fitting than it is now, actually. So, as a name. so I'm, I want to kind of dig into how did you come up with the name? What was the, the origin of the concept? Okay. You want the real story? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, uh, when I was a baby, my mom bought a pink stuffed rabbit and put it in the crib and quickly mm. realized that she could take all the other animals out, but the rabbit had to be in the <laughs> crib or I wasn't sleeping. And as I got older, I would rub her ears for comfort, you know, kids sure. have babies. Have, yeah. So I'd rub her ears and there's a picture of me at about two years old. And I am in like Zen blissful la la land somewhere rubbing her ears. She was essentially my Zen rabbit, although I didn't call her that at the time. Right. And when I started making the cookies, people would taste them and they'd be immediately transported back to baking in the kitchen with grandma, mm. their Zen blissful place. So things are tying together. That's very how it nicely. all came together as the name of Zen Rabbit. 
That's awesome. That's a fantastic story. Yeah. But right. I didn't always tell that story. I was, I, I didn't always share the whole, I had this rabbit and I'd rub her ears in the beginning. Now oh, to me, it's, it's like things come full circle in, in a sense that you're pulling something that was really important to you when you were a kid and, you know, incorporating it into how you move forward as an adult. I love that. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. And now that I'm teaching gratitude and meditation, like Zen rabbit is perfect. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, that was, that was something that had to be. And when you were doing the cookies, you probably didn't know necessarily what the connection was going to be, but now with, yeah, the gratitude and meditation piece of, of your business. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's right. perfect. It is. Yeah, it is. You also, uh, I know have a podcast. So we talk a little bit about that. I'm, I'm very interested. It's a great podcast. Thank you. I do have a podcast. It's called fine is a four letter word Okay. because people say everything's fine, right? You ask people how they're doing and they're like, I'm fine. How's everything going? It's fine. It's fine. And you know that 99.9% of the time it's not fine at all. They're just saying it's fine because one, we've been conditioned as a society to just say, everything's fine. I don't want to burden you Hmm. with all of my issues. So I'm just going to tell you it's fine. Or you don't want to admit to yourself that things are not fine. So if I just say it's fine, everything's good. Like there's a dumpster fire going on here, but nothing to see. It's fine. And it's so true. I mean, it's that concept is, I think it is baked in from, you know, from the start of our lives and everybody does it. Everybody's no matter the situation in your life, you know, you mentioned the dumpster fire. It can be very, very true in the sense that things can be going really poorly. But when someone asks, I mean, that's, it's just kind of the, the rote answer. Yeah. Things mm-hmm. are fine. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, the show is stories of people who had a time in their life where they said everything was fine, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't fine. And where, how did they move from that place to where they are now? And some of them are all the way to what you might call fantastic. And some of them are still on that journey, but all of them have moved off of that place of being stuck at fine. Hmm. Yeah, That's interesting. So, you know, through, through your guests, I'm curious about what are some of the lessons that you've learned from the people that you've talked to on that? that show. I I have to imagine that just hearing their stories, there's all these nuggets that people pull away from it and apply them to their lives. So many, so many. And I finished, I'm on season two. Now I finished season one was 36 episodes and it ended at the end of 2021. I did a recap of Mm -hmm. lessons learned in episode 35. I thought I was just going to pull out a few and it, there were so many good ones. One of the things that that stuck out for me was that a lot of the guests talked about not growing when growing up and not being allowed to have emotions. Mm-hmm. Like there were no emotions in their family. Just none. Mm-hmm. And so learning to express emotions and to understand that they're normal. Nor like it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to feel bad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to mm-hmm. feel these things, you don't want to wallow in there forever. 
And at the same time, it's, it's a human experience to feel them and then move through them. Like, you, you know, what you resist persists. And so allowing themselves to have feelings. Um, one of the other things, what was the other thing? Uh, there was a lot about not being good enough, which is one of mine. In fact, I wrote my LinkedIn post about that today, uh, about one of the lessons I had to learn was, um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, the one today, I, I don't know enough. I think so many people struggle with that one in particular. So it's mm-hmm. awesome that that came up as a theme in, in your podcast. Uh, I mean, I've certainly, certainly dealt with that and I'm not, I know I'm not alone. So to the degree that you just have the conversations and people know that this isn't unique to me, it hopefully, or perhaps gives them some comfort that, you know, they aren't in this alone and that there are strategies that they can use when they get into those situations. That's exactly the reason I started this podcast was to let people know that they're not alone. And secondly, that there is nothing wrong with them because a lot of times people look at their life. And when you're looking at it from the outside, everything looks amazing. And so (laughs) when they look at it, well, right. Thanks to social media, but even before social media, looking at your life from the outside, like, okay, you know, you have the 2.5 kids and a dog and a white picket fence and all this, and, but they're not happy. So they start saying, well, something must be wrong with me. Why can't I be happy with this? Mm-hmm. And the, so the second reason for the podcast is there to let them know that there is nothing wrong with you. It's your soul is crying for expansion and growth. It's, it needs more. There's nothing wrong with that. That's normal. That's natural. Like that's how our souls are. They need expansion and growth. And it's, if your soul is not getting that, that's where you feel stagnant and stuck. And I think that happens a lot. You know, people Mm -hmm. do have the things, you know, they have all those material things, like you mentioned, the white picket fence, the the nice house, the, the vehicles, all that kind of stuff. People have that, yet they're not happy. And it's easy to get into that that kind of rut of, I really should be happy. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. these things should make me happy. But it kind of gets back to how the importance of how you look at life and how you leverage back to the little things, you know, those little notes that maybe put you in a different spot that have give you a different perspective in that moment in your life and getting back to your practice of gratitude and meditating. And those things that are those, sorry, those practices that aren't the quote things, right. They're not the cars. They're not the Mm -hmm. fancy houses or the promotions, but it's those opportunities that can really get you into a, a different mindset that allows you to view life through a lens of gratitude and to allow you to see that happiness in even the small things. Yeah. Coming back, like you said, coming back to the gratitude, that's not to say that they couldn't be grateful for those things that they have to find the gratitude within what they do have and build on it. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I'm grateful. I have a safe place to live. And oh my gosh, some of the stories I've heard, they, they do not have a white picket fence and, or mm. any semblance of closeness to that. They're, they're, they're fine was definitely not fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you. And still, can there be nuggets of gratitude in there? Mm. 
when you look for them, there's always a way to find gratitude in some sliver. Agreed. I think it's really important when you're talking, it's reminding me of some of the lessons I learned when I was starting to write in a gratitude journal. And I started writing very high level things. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for the fact that the sun is out, Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever it was. But I learned that to the degree that you can start identifying the why, you know, the reason for that sense of gratitude, and you can start pulling back those layers of the onion a little bit more that there are so many uh, different perspectives that you can, can look at gratitude through that. It just, it kind of opens everything up. Absolutely. We were talking on my latest podcast episode with Roderick Jefferson. We, we talked about gratitude journaling as, but when it, what happens when it becomes another thing on your to-do list? Hmm. Like, oh yeah, I got to write my gratitude journal before I make my coffee or whatever. Yeah. Like and it's just happens. another thing. It does happen because you think, again, you're supposed to do this. This is a good thing to do. Uh, And coming back to, though, what you were just talking about, like, how is it, how can you feel the gratitude? Not just write down three things I'm grateful for, but how can you get into the feeling of it, getting into the why behind it? Mm -hmm. And the, the feeling, can you infuse that feeling of gratitude. And I'm sure you've talked about this before, but that energetically gratitude is the highest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. energetic, you know, vibration that you can get to. Yep. Yeah. We have talked about that. And it's, to me, it's fascinating, you know, just to understand the role and the impact that gratitude can have. One of the other things that I was thinking about when you were talking about is gratitude really is a feeling. And to the degree that you can really internalize those those emotions, it's super powerful, mm-hmm. but you can, it can also be taken a step further when you act on it. When you take action with respect to gratitude, you mentioned the thank you notes. That's an act of gratitude. To me, that becomes a different thing at that point, you know, and that's really where, uh, you know, in the gratitude spark, we talk about the, the ripple effect of gratitude and the power that it can have. It's really through that action that that ripple starts. And now mm-hmm. it's not just gratitude, a personal sense of gratitude, but now it's gratitude that's being pushed out into the world and others can leverage it however they want. And you know, it just becomes this really, really powerful thing. Yeah, that ripple effect for sure is, is really powerful. When you, for example, when you write, we talked about this a few minutes ago, when you write the letter, the, mm-hmm. a, grat- a gratitude letter, for example, you write it you feel good about it. Then you send it. The person who receives it feels good about it. They may tell somebody else about how you sent them. And now you're seeing the ripple effect because they're, it's being passed along. And that third person, third party watch it kind of watching from the outside has just as much benefit. Yeah. And, and who knows, maybe the, the person that you send the letter to in their conversation with someone else, they're, very energized by it. They're very, um, I mean, thankful for it. Their, their mood is different. Maybe that other person picks up on it and says, you know what, (laughs) this is a good idea. I'm going to do this. So again, Mm -hmm. it's just, there's so many opportunities for that ripple to, um, to propagate. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the, the writing of a gratitude letter is so powerful. And now you're making me think of this story. I I hosted a five-day gratitude challenge Mm -hmm. back in 2020. 
June of 2020. Okay. And one of my participants, I, one of the exercises I had them do was write three letters of gratitude to somebody that had been an, a positive influence in their life that they never told. Hmm. And I love this exercise. But this Good one on. participant said, I don't really have three people that are still alive that I could write to. And I said, well, you know, think about it. If you come up with, I, I kind of pushed it back. I pushed back mm-hmm. on her and said, mm-hmm. figure it out. And she came back and she said, all right, well, I wrote a letter to a woman who had, she had been working with at her last job. This woman had been, had bullied her so badly that she ended up leaving the job. Mm. And this was years before. So she had been carrying around this resentment towards this woman. And because of this exercise, she realized that she was actually thankful because her leaving that job forced, kind of forced her into starting her own business. Wow. And she had gratitude now. She was able to see it for this woman doing that because it, caused her to take this different direction that where she's just so much happier now. But she said an enormous weight had been lifted off her shoulders because she never saw it that way before. Wow. It's yeah, we were, we've talked about that, that lens of gratitude that you can view life through. Imagine if she wouldn't have, have had that opportunity. I mean, she right. it would probably still be festering right. with her and and then she doesn't start, she doesn't take the pivot and she doesn't find all this goodness and beauty and that she's experiencing in her life. So it, it goes back to the small things, those small decisions that you can make writing that gratitude letter had to be kind of one of those uh, pivot moments in, in her life as she was moving forward. Absolutely. And then who knows how that affects her not just her mental health, but her physical health. Because when mm-hmm. we're carrying around all of that anger and negativity and resentment, for, it, it has an effect on the physical body. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Stress and you know those types of things are just <laughs> they wreck havoc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I have a, a quick question here, kind of to wrap things up here in a little bit, but You've done so many cool things, you know, the gratitude cookie business, fantastic and Zen rabbit and all the coaching that you're doing within organizations, your podcast, your gratitude challenges, things like that. What would you like people that are listening to, to learn from your story? That you can find gratitude. I mean, we talked about this. You can find gratitude everywhere. You Mm. just have to look for it. Mm. Just that's the thing. You know, you're always going to find what you're looking for. So if you're looking for things to complain about and criticize, you will find them. And if you're looking for things to be grateful for, you will find those too. I love that. And it's so true. It's just a matter of how you view the world. That's very cool. How can people learn more about Zen rabbit and some of the things that you're doing, your podcast, et cetera, zenrabbit.com. Okay. Easy enough. Is where you can find everything. The podcast is there. Um, the information about my programs are there. And I also spend a lot of time hanging out on LinkedIn. So I would love mm. for somebody to reach out. And if you're listening and you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn and let's chat there. Very cool. 
and your podcast on all the major podcast players, I'm guessing? All the all the podcast apps. It's called Fine is a four letter word. And again, there's there's links um to the episodes on the pod on the website as well. Okay. So That's really awesome. you only have to remember zenrabbit.com. <laughs> and it's such a great name. It's hard, it's gonna be hard to forget it. <laughs> That's right. Hey Lori, sometimes we end these these conversations with uh, something that we call the fast five. So I'll ask okay. you if you'd be interested in doing, doing this. It's basically five questions. They're pretty easy. Uh, we ask you um, and you just say the first thing that comes to your mind. They're pretty, they're kind of softball questions. So they're pretty easy ones. All right, let's do are, it. Are you okay with that? Sure. All right. The first question, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? The first thing that comes to my mind is peanut butter. Peanut butter? Uh-huh. I love peanut butter. I put it on a lot of things. Is that right? Okay. Thanks. Thanks to my dad. I learned to love peanut butter. There you go. All right. Second one. What's the next thing on your bucket list that you'd like to cross off? It's a cross. It's a toss up between two things, but I'm going to tell you that it's a hot air balloon ride. A hot air balloon ride? Yeah. In any particular place? No. No? No. I just, I I just want to do it. All right. Third one. What's the last random thing that made you smile? Uh, it's this conversation. I love it. <laughs> you made me smell too. That's a yeah. good thing. All right. I don't know if, if you, do you like music? I love music. All right. So here's a I question. remember I was a DJ. Did I, yes. did I mention this You're broadcast background? Yes. That's right. All right. So what's the one song that you scream sing to in the car? Oh my gosh. All right. Can I give you two? Sure. One is Carrie Underwood's champion. Okay. And the other one is Van Halen's right now. Oh yes. I, I could I could be singing that song as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. The last there, there are a lot more, but we'll leave it at those two. Those two. Fair enough. Yeah. Like it. All right. The last question. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Teleportation. Nice. Like, I know that you are supposed to enjoy the journey, but I just want to freaking be there. Okay. I was traveling last week uh, to Dallas and my flight from Washington to Dallas was canceled. So I had to get on an earlier flight. Not a morning person. Uh, You see, I'm going to find the gratitude here. Hold on. And then, but at least, at least there was a flight that I could get on and get there and still be direct. And then my flight on the way home was uh, delayed. So if I could teleport places, that would be awesome. (laughs) Well, who knows? Maybe in a few years, you won't have to wait for those planes. I thought we were promised this by the year 2020. Exactly. That's right. (laughs) Well, Lori, thank you so much for spending the time uh, in our conversation. It was great to get to know you. I Again, I love what you're doing. Um, Your story is really compelling. So thank you so much for sharing it. And Um, You know, it was a pleasure to have this conversation. It was my pleasure to be here, Mike. Thanks so much for having me. All right. We'll talk soon, okay? Okay. Take care. Take care. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gratitude Spark podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and were able to pull out some tips and tricks that might help you dig deeper into your own practices of gratitude. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with others. Tell your friends about it. Post about us on your favorite social media platforms. And most importantly, click on the follow and subscribe buttons and also leave a rating and review of the podcast. 
To catch all the latest from The Gratitude Spark, head on over to thegratitudespark.com to check out our other content. You can also follow us on Instagram at thegratitudespark and on Twitter at gratitude underscore spark. Also, please join our thriving Facebook community called The Gratitude Spark for awesome conversations about gratitude and the role it can play in our lives. Thanks again, everybody. I'll see you next time. 